Hello Team NXT and welcome, it is finally here, this is episode 100 of the Undisputed Future Podcast, I am your host, CD, Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion on the UFP show that is all about the NXT show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Team NXT is finally becoming a reality in more ways than one. The world of professional wrestling is on fire right now with NXT's involvement, and I can't think of a bigger or better time to be putting out this milestone episode 100 after the past events on Raw, SmackDown, and this past week on NXT. It's it's really mind-blowing. We have such major announcements in the world of NXT. First things first, NXT take over War Games, shaping up to be the most impactful and historical one to date. We have the first ever women's War Games matchup in WWE history. Undisputed Era will enter the giant cage for a third time, taking on a pretty well-put-together team by Tommaso Ciampa, featuring himself, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and one partner still yet to be announced. I'll give my thoughts on that just a little bit later on the show. Episode 100 is not only unique because of the milestone that it is, but I've also been on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, got a lot of things coming down the pipeline as far as career goes. Uh, New York State has been driving around crazy back and forth with various errands, digging up paperwork, and just just life getting in the way sometimes has, has really put me on a significant delay of putting this, putting this episode out there. So I thank you guys for all of your patience and your support in listening to this. It is Thursday, November 6th. I will be releasing this episode on Friday or th- possibly tonight just to give everybody who maybe didn't watch NXT Live a chance to catch it up on the network. I've been trying to have a release schedule of Thursday evening or Friday just to give everybody a chance to catch up and stick to my spoiler-free zone as far as episodes are concerned. This one is going to have a bit of a unique format. I'm going to be going back a little bit of a ways to the October 23rd edition and October 30th edition of NXT, looking at those various miscellaneous matchups at a glance. I want to discuss Finn Balor and the impact he has had since returning back home to NXT. The women's division is going to get its own talking and coverage because the women's division of NXT is as good as the landscape of professional wrestling can offer. And then, of course, I'm going to close things out with a discussion of the most recent editions of SmackDown, Raw, and the past episode of NXT on November 5th, a.k.a. yesterday by the time I'm recording this, Wednesday by the time you guys get a chance to check this out and listen to it. Again, I can't thank you guys enough for your support. Team NXT finally becoming a reality due to the involvement in Survivor Series. So I can't wait to see hashtag Team NXT trending for real. My involvement is always going to be first and foremost as far as the Team NXT hashtag is concerned. 
So I really can't wait for those numbers to pick up. I can't wait for all the discussion to break out. Really excited for those who are just getting to experience and check out NXT's roster for the very first time. Before I get into the NXT reviews of the 23rd and 30th editions of October, I want to remind you all of the Wrestling Podcast Awards going on on Twitter through a Google Doc and hosted by the Rant Podcast, the winner of last year's Podcast of the Year, Ant and his crew, fellow Northeast natives, so they've always had my support as far as checking out their content, and I really can't think of a more recognized and recommended team to be hosting all of this out. So be sure to check out the Wrestling Podcast Awards. Vote primarily for fan-driven discussion shows, not just because I'm one of them and I'm up for best solo podcast of the year once again, most informative and overall podcast of the year, But because a lot of these other podcasts have their platforms, have their supporters, have recognizable faces and voices at the forefront, such as Talk is Jericho and the ever-so-controversial Jim Cornette experience, just to name a couple of them. But give those fan-driven podcasts your support, the recognition, the growth. Let's create a more wholesome and friendly wrestling community and a lot of these shows are doing their fair share of putting out the positivity like I try and do each and every episode. So please check out at podcast underscore UF. I'll be definitely spreading that Google Doc around not just to support me but also those other fan-driven and very hard-working other wrestling podcasts out there. Jumping into the discussion though just at a glance the October 23rd edition of NXT television featured a very good match between Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. EST versus The Brutality. Rhea hoping to become Belair's biggest nightmare in this matchup, and there were a few strikes to do that claim justice. That big boot to Bianca Belair's chest, the impact, and the sell job that by Bianca Belair. What a very high point in that matchup. Belair hoping to overcome and overpower despite Rhea being the larger opponent. But Bianca Belair has all of the tools as far as athleticism and strength are concerned. Great matchup between these two ladies. A little bit of a controversial and dusty finish. After this power-for-power display, the match would end in chaos with Io Shirai delivering a Tiger Faint 619 kick, however your preference of recognizing that move are preferred uh, from the apron to Rhea Ripley after a referee distraction. Belair unable to capitalize off of a spear after Rhea Ripley would be a victim of that move. Candice LeRae would yank down Io Shirai, and this is where the war game setup really began. Rhea Ripley would hit the pump handle bomb on her way to a W. So who we know now as a captain of one of those war games teams has been on quite the streak of victories so far, going as far back as to being the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. Rhea Ripley's resume in the world of NXT really has spoken for itself. Speaking of UK talents, uh, Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne says a receipt is coming for Killian Dane after the brutal beatdown and beginning of this rivalry. Tyler Bate accompanying his British strong style brother on this edition of NXT TV, but Dunn really has no words and no care for Killian Dane. Dane has merely been a roadblock in what Pete Dunn vows to be continued success in a championship 
picture. The Bruiserweight really cares about getting his hands on some gold, but Dane vows to break Pete Dunne, and that's definitely a outside-of-a-title-scene rivalry worth keeping your eyes on. Matt Riddle versus Cameron Grimes on this edition. Cameron Grimes. How about Cameron Grimes? Cameron Grimes has been getting, arguably, and not much of an argument out there, folks, the most recognition and best build out of anybody in this breakout tournament. Going back to Jordan Miles' NXT Championship opportunity against Adam Cole in a very impressive matchup. But Cameron Grimes has been getting the real TV time. And yes, I brought up Jordan Miles' name. No, I will not sit here and literally try and white knight any sort of a t-shirt conversation. Uh, Just fuck racism. Watch wrestling. Think for yourself. Just support other people's point of view. There's some people that skinny white guys like myself will never understand. So just, just just be an ally. Listen. Anyway, going back to Matt Riddle, Cameron Grimes, both men going big shots for big shots early. Matt Riddle, clearly the technically superior athlete in this matchup with his mixed martial artist experience, but Grimes definitely showing a bit of a power advantage here, or so you thought. Matt Riddle would break out the use of a jackhammer and just a bit of a slight towards Goldberg. I have really been loving Riddle's inclusion of the jackhammer in his moveset. And probably what I enjoy more out of all of this is that his opponents have been kicking out at one counts or just barely two counts, kind of giving a jab to the intensity of the man known as Goldberg. Great match. Cameron Grimes would be caught mid-air by Matt Riddle at points. Really major question who has the power advantage in this one. Initially going in there, you see this big product of North Carolina in Cameron Grimes and his stature, but Matt Riddle... Pound for pound, absolutely a freak of a physical specimen. Really great back and forth. It would end on a final flash knee strike and a bro Derek for the W of the original bro. Cameron Grimes would say no to a fist bump from Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle known for his sportsmanship at the end of his matches with breakout tournament competitors such as Bronson Reed. Cameron Grimes would say no to this one. He would force an altercation with Tyler Bate, who was outside hanging out in the crowd, getting a real perspective and first-hand look at NXT TV for himself. Hopefully, Tyler Bate finds himself more in the mix as far as uh, as far as involvement in NXT TV would be concerned. And a fist to the face from Tyler Bate with a little bit of bop and bang action. I'll talk about Tyler Bate and Cameron Grimes meeting in a matchup in just a matter of moments. One man who has stuck out to me as far as recent success, not just on NXT TV, but especially on 205 Live, is Isaiah Swerve Scott. Isaiah Swerve Scott would be flanking the left and right side of air traffic controllers Breezango this week, and the two fashionistas dressed as Top Gun would be headed into the danger zone against the Forgotten Sons, Steve Cutler, Jackson Riker, and Wesley Blake. This match had a high pace, high aggression. I think it was the best Forgotten Sons match to date, but Swerve continues to impress every time. Every time. And I'll have a little bit more of Swerve to discuss most recently on NXT, but I need to say it, and I'll say it again. Every time I watch this man in the ring, I find myself saying, wow, I have never seen that before. 
innovative springboard in this matchup off of Jackson Riker down to the outside to Blake and Cutler. And Isaiah Swerve Scott would get the W. He'd get the props from Brizango with a major house. I believe the move is called the house call. That could be just be his name for his super kick side. Super kick side kick. Say that one five times fast. Uh, I really think that the house call, whose house, Swerve's house, great name for a finishing maneuver. Really hoping that this translates to the kneeling shot to the ear that he's been delivering with such incredible impact, picking up the win for his team. A match with major cruiserweight championship stakes. Leo Rush would be on commentary for this one. Angel Garza versus Jack Gallagher. It was the quickness of Angel Garza versus the quick and innovative counters by Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher, absolutely underrated in his mat knowledge. The man has what a lot of people, and especially Mauro Ronaldo, would refer to as a high in-ring IQ. But the craftiness of Angel Garza would pay off with a beautiful springboard moonsault for the W. Angel Garza, another name I'll be mentioning later in the episode. Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, Team Fly Kicks versus Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir, number one contender for the women's tag team titles. Really enjoyed this matchup. I thought Shafir and Duke really getting a chance to uh, to show what they can do in between the ropes is important rather than just standing outside of the ring ropes like a couple of goonies for the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler. Really nice to see. I like the intensity. I like the old school heel vibe that these two mixed martial artists wanted to bring and have successfully delivered to this one. I did think that it was a bit of a short match as far as number one contender matches go, but short match, big burst of energy for Tegan Knox would lead to the shiniest wizard for the win over Jesmond Duke. Kabuki Warriors would have something to say about the success for Team Kick, saying no chance how scary is heel Asuka? The answer is probably just a general, yes, she is. But man, the intensity, the poison mist, the green, the green seeping from her eyes, just really getting a taste of what she was known for in Japan. Kyrie Sane, pirate princess, really leaning towards the pirate and less princess. As of late, she has plenty of deception and pillaging ahead of her. Uh, main event of this edition of NXT was a great triple threat match for the North American Championship. Roderick Strong defending his title against Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee, who have the best heated rivalry outside of a title scene in NXT. Possibly, if ever, but man, just what an intense series of matches these big men have had and their involvement in this triple threat match would be no exception. A uh, couple high points in this matchup. I really liked the Tower of Doom powerbomb suplex setup. Almost really dangerous, but the strength of Lee and Dijakovic able to carry and support each other to deliver this devastating move. What an incredible, incredible spot and uniqueness brought to this triple threat match. I loved the big face-off and Haas fight that Lee and Dijakovic would have towards the end of this one. However, my input and my opinion going into this matchup was that Lee and Dijakovic's bad blood would get in their way and 
put the blinders on what they were in there to do, which was overcome the North American champion in Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong would not forget that his title and his ass was on the line, and the prophecy would stay intact. Roddy would land a direct kick to Keith Lee after Lee would deliver a huge impact move in the corner to Dijakovic. Undisputed Era stays with their prophecy and holding all the gold. Roddy getting that three seconds, that key three seconds for victory over Keith Lee. Now the ending of this matchup would lead to the Pele kick heard around the world. But I'm going to wait just a little while to talk about Finn Balor. Let's talk just a little bit about the October 30th edition of NXT featuring a live musical performance by Poppy playing in the show and playing in Io Shirai. Now, I didn't think I knew who Poppy was going into this edition of NXT, but special shout out to longtime Team NXT follower Brett Perry on pointing out that Poppy is the one who plays Io Shirai's theme song. So I liked Poppy without even knowing it. I thought she was just an unknown uh, J-pop sort of icon that I might not be familiar with. I'm not exactly involved in that music scene. But what I was familiar with her, I already enjoyed. So I thought that kicking off NXT with some live renditions of music was really successful. I enjoyed the unique opening video package that this brought. And a live music performance playing somebody out to the ring entrance I always Mark out for, pointing out specifically Triple H's Motorhead appearances at WrestleMania's and Code Orange and Incendiary, well, the Code Orange frontman playing in with Incendiary, Aleister Black at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn in his match with Hideo Itami. Thought it was absolutely great stuff to kick off the show and a could not ask for a better match off in matchup in the women's division, a reignited Toronto takeover, take two, between Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. This reignited rivalry would kick off to a hot start, going dive for dive to starting it off. Really great, two of the division's absolute best, Candice LeRae laying it all out on the line, including getting her nose busted open in this matchup. You could obviously see the familiarity between these two opponents, able to counter each other's best shots. Io Shirai's moonsault and Miss LeRae's wacky ride. I apologize for the name of that finish. I can't remember the exact name of her neckbreaker off the top rope. I know it's a take on Mr. Toad's fantastic ride. Candice LeRae, as we all, or we at least should all know, her, uh, her affinity for Disney and her love for Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, it's definitely a play on that. I can't remember the exact name, so I'm just going to go with what I previously said. Io Shirai bringing in a familiar instrument of this rivalry, going back to TakeOver 25 and the Steel Cage match, and when Io Shirai first broke out this dark Josie Judas side of herself, a steel chair into the ring, not discarded all the way by the referee. A little bit of a confusing point in that matchup, but uh, obviously you got to get these two under control as best you can as an official with the bad blood seeping between the two of them. So the steel chair was left in a pretty unfortunate 
placement in the ring at Candice LeRae's dismay. The lion salt by Candice would be evaded by Io Shirai, landing on the chair flush on her chest, and Io Shirai able to take advantage of that placement for the win. Rhea Ripley making her presence known at the end of this one, looking to rip apart Io Shirai at who has proper stakes and placement at the top of the NXT Women's Championship food chain. Picking all that up with a women's division heavy segment coming just a little bit later. Finn Bauer with a promo after what his actions were, blah, blah, blah. Definitely get into Finn Bauer's own segment as well. Let's jump into some Australian strong style, a rematch between two Aussies, Shane Thorne versus Bronson Reed. Aussie, 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 oi, 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 chance radiating from full sale. Definitely one of my favorites. Uh, got it to start at uh, the kickoff show for NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, just a little bit in my section. So I'm definitely a fan of that chance. Um, definitely has significance with me. What is definite here is the size and power of Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed looking for redemption against his fellow Australian in this matchup. These two men going chop for chop, strike for strike. Shane Thorne has really impressed me in his single run so far. I really like that. Why do we need a breakout tournament? We have a star ready to break out. His name is Shane Thorne's story that he seems to be carrying with. Really a big fan of all his face-offs with the tournament competitors. Bronson Reed would seal himself some redemption, though, with a huge, impactful big boy splash on to Shane Thorne. And if that didn't seal the matchup, I don't know what would, but luckily it did, picking up the win, a huge splash for a huge redemption win for Bronson Reed. Uh... I think I want to discuss the women's tag team title match a little bit later as well because this would be the ultimate setup for war games. I really do think that's where that's that was the turning point and the setup and the bedlam going on at ringside. So I'm definitely talking war games as well as the NXT women's as NXT women's championship. The women's tag team championships which can be defended on all three brands including NXT. There's a little bit more cohesive thought about that segment. Uh, Tyler Bate versus Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes getting all the TV time at a breakout tournament. Stars back-to-back weeks with Matt Riddle and Tyler Bate, two NXT fan favorites. Tyler Bate, the first ever NXT, excuse me, WWE United Kingdom Championship featured on NXT UK. Really kind of confusing trying to uh, distinguish the title name and the brand name. But I'm sure you can all bear with me in that minor mistake. I'm sure every single one of us out there have made it, whether it be out loud, talking on your podcast, or in your own minds. Tyler Bate, another one. Big, strong boy, able to display the strength against another larger opponent. Let's not forget, and if you haven't seen this one, if you're falling behind on NXT UK, like I have been, as much as I've been trying to keep up, NXT TakeOver Cardiff was that TakeOver event that made me say I need to watch NXT UK week to week and Tyler Bate versus Walter for the UK Championship is what really solidified my love for this brand. Big win by Southwell Subculture for the NXT UK Tag Team Titles 
and this main event clash between Walter and Tyler Bate. Incredible match. Tyler Bate able to display strength against another larger opponent. Took it to Walter. David versus Goliath in its absolute finest. Check it out if you haven't already. Pause this show. Go watch NXT UK take over Cardiff's main event. And then come back and let's talk about War Games and Finn Balor and the rest of this edition. Uh, absolute barn burner between these two. Grimes having back-to-back great matches on NXT TV. Not taking anything away from him. He is a product of the Hardy compound. Been a Hardy Boys fan for most of my life. As much as I grew up a WCW fan, the Hardy Boys were that one team from WWF that really stood out to me. And uh, just having all the faith in the world in Matt and Jeff able to put forward some really engaging superstars. Uh, Cameron Grimes and his hat would uh, would uh, would come out and have really great back-to-back weeks. Killian Dane at ringside, distracting Tyler Bate just long enough to be a victim of a cave-in by Cameron Grimes. Now, I mentioned Tyler Bate accompanying Pete Dunne, and Pete Dunne's little bit of a push to the side mentality of his rivalry with Killian Dane. Killian Dane would send a direct message to Pete Dunne through this beatdown on his British strong style brethren, Dane assaulting Bate with a senton, and we have unfinished business between the Beast of Belfast and the Bruiserweight that would come to head on this most recent edition of of NXT TV as well. I talked about Angel Garza a little bit earlier. I'll talk about him a little bit earlier, but a great video package to the family and tradition and the real roots of where Angel Garza came from. Angel Garza, really compelling Really, really entertaining talent. Really engaging to the crowd, whether it be for better or worse. Uh, Definitely better with the ladies than he is with the male audience out there at the Full Sail Faithful. So uh, Angel Garza definitely quickly becoming a rising star in the Cruiserweight division. Main events of this most recent edition of NXT TV. Not talking about the most recent edition of NXT TV. Excuse me. The main events for October 30th would be Keith Lee and Matt Riddle versus Undisputed Era represented by Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, NXT Tag Team Champions, taking on a team that might have some past experience in PWG. I'm not exactly sure, but Keith Lee ends. Matt Riddle making for a unique pairing. I really enjoyed this this team being put together. I like how they're able to uh, able to coexist, and I really thoroughly enjoyed. And I'm going to reference another great podcast out there. Uh, I did not know that they had a formal name on the independent circuit. I thought that this was, but little did I know. Royally rumbled. Shout out to you. I'll definitely be talking to you, talking about you guys at the end of the show as well. Uh, due to your input on my episode 100 prep questions. Iron Fist and Power Man, a.k.a. Luke Cage, Heroes for Hire. And I definitely see the resemblance between Danny and Luke and the Heroes for Hire of Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, Due to Matt Riddle's stature, I thought that uh, Lee Cage and Iron Feet would be be pretty apt of a name for, uh, for Lee and... Riddle at this time, so uh, I don't know, a little bit of a take on on Marvel Comics always 
always tickles me in the right way. So when my comic book love and my pro wrestling love are able to uh, able to worlds collide like this, that uh, really thoroughly enjoyed that reference by Royal Rumbled. So thank you for the entertaining off the cuff name for this tag team tandem. Great match, great tag team action. You really can't expect anything less from the tag team champs and athletes at the caliber of Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly has a guitar pick now with the air guitar entrance for his title. And just when you think just when you think Kyle O'Reilly can't get any more lovable and can't add any more to that entrance, he has a guitar pick. Great stuff by Kyle O'Reilly. Undisputed Era getting an early jump on this one, but Keith Lee's deceptive agility coming into play in this matchup. I cannot speak enough to the talents and the ability of Keith Lee. The man looks like a linebacker, was a linebacker, but moves like a guy. Let's talk about Angel Garza. Moves like a cruiserweight. I'm kind of tired of the 305 Live jokes, but Keith Lee and uh, Dominic Dijakovic definitely personified that reference in their in their rivalry. So that is what it is. Just some references you can't get around as much as it might make other people cringe. However, as well as Lee and Riddle gelled as a team, there is no better tag team chemistry than the Undisputed Era. O'Reilly and Fish, knowing where each other are at every single aspect and every single second of a matchup, Able to cut off the other guys going for a hot tag. Able to keep the weaker man cut off the ring in their corner. Fantastic work as always by the NXT Tag Team Champions. Chaos would ensue and be caused by Adam Cole Bebe, NXT Champion, and Roderick Strong, the North American Champion, at ringside. This would get into the heads of Matt Riddle and Keith Lee, but not for long. Keith Lee... With a huge pounce for every single ounce of Adam Cole into Roderick Strong. Wiping both of those men out on the ringside. This would lead to that tag team chemistry and knowledge that Riley and Fish have. They would find that small window of opportunity for total elimination. And the tag team champions would be successful in this tag team matchup. The beatdown on Keith Lee would be interrupted by Tommaso Ciampa and a crutch. And Kyle O'Reilly catching the crutch, whether it was for uh, his better judgment or his worst judgment. That's kind of up to uh, up to the viewer's perspective, I suppose. Uh, the majority of the assaults would definitely take place on Kyle O'Reilly. Poor Kyle O'Reilly by the end of this one. Lee would toss Kyle O'Reilly out of the ring into the Undisputed Era, stands tall, and holds the ring... Tommaso Ciampa would deliver a what is now famous line at this point. Goldie, you're going to have to wait because daddy is going to war. Ciampa leading a team of Keith Lee and Matt Riddle into war games against the Undisputed Era for what I believe is a record-breaking third time in that structure. Undisputed Era, Roderick Strong, Tag Team Champions O'Reilly and Fish, and Adam Cole, Bebe, going head-to-head in what is two War Games matches in this TakeOver event. 
I cannot be more excited for the road that NXT TakeOver War Games has been on. And it started shaping out with a match that is probably my favorite match. And it hasn't even happened yet. Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Now how do we get here? Going back a little bit of a ways. Finn Balor's return to NXT. A monumental statement in this Wednesday night warfare. You bring the star power. Finn Balor. Suffering a loss to the fiend Bray Wyatt at SummerSlam. What was next for him? His future would be his past. Now a little bit of an enigma as to what that first meant. Finn Bauer, could he just be returning to want the NXT, ta- NXT Championship gold around his waist again? Or could it be the manifestation of a past attitude? And that's kind of what I'm leaning towards here, Team NXT, Finn Bauer would join Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano in the ring with a, in a face-off with the Undisputed Era after that aforementioned triple threat match where Roddy Strong was successfully able to retain his North American Championship. Tommaso Ciampa storming the ring, looking as psycho killer as he possibly can be Crutch in hand. Who's going to join Tommaso Ciampa? Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Gargano's music hits. We have DIY presumably back intact for this face-off with Undisputed Era. But they're still outnumbered four men to two. Who could possibly be joining the fray next? Finn Bauer's music hits. There's so much star power in this ring. What's going to happen Who will each other face off with? But no. The Pele kick heard around the world. Finn Balor striking Johnny Gargano at the top of his temple in what looked like as devastating of a kick as can possibly be. He got all of that one. And the beatdown would ensue onto Tommaso Ciampa. Finn Balor taking all of this found aggression out on Johnny Gargano. Finn Balor breaking down barricades, missile, shotgun, dropkick, through the barricade to Johnny Gargano into a sea of plants, I mean fans, in the NXT universe, riling everybody up. I don't know if anybody else caught it in the top right-hand corner, but this young child held by his father, was ready to get in Balor's face and start clawing at the guy. That's how much of emotional impact this had on us as NXT fans. Finn Balor dipping into a side that we have not seen in WWE. Finn Balor returning to embrace the darkness. And when that kick wasn't enough, he would hit the Sunday, bloody Sunday, not the U2 song, but the 1916, as I suppose it is now known, on the entrance ramp to Johnny Gargano. This would put Johnny Gargano out of commission for still going after this past recent NXT edition. We have not seen Johnny Gargano since this vicious assault. Now, what everybody was thinking, Finn Balor, an ally of the Undisputed Era, A possible new member to this faction? No. Finn Balor seems like a hired gun 
with plenty of bullets left in his chamber. The nod to the past that Adam Cole and Finn Balor have with each other, loved it. Loved the slight little touch of the mention of BC in the face of UE by Finn Balor. What a way to close that October 23rd edition of NXT television. Finn Balor would have a reference to his actions and a whole lot to say on that October 30th edition of NXT. He's had the media. He's had everybody on his case. But he's live and able to make his points. Bauer making a statement with his actions now has a point to prove with his words. Loved the darkened entrance for the darker side. The prince has returned. Of course, a nod to his New Japan Pro Wrestling persona as Prince Devitt, where he did embrace a little bit of more of a darker and controversial side, I suppose, for lack of a better term. Kind of did feel like a shoot and just talking off the cuff, but of course, some things have to get approved, and I'm sure this was too. Taking mask shots at the fiend Bray Wyatt, making reference to what I mentioned earlier, that the last time we really saw Finn Balor in the ring was at SummerSlam. The newest thing with a mask, now Finn Balor is taking off his mask and is now the talk of the professional wrestling world. The hottest ting in the business, if you could forgive my uh, my attempt at an Irish brogue there, uh, fellas and, and ladies out there listening. Of course, what else would a shoot promo be without mentioning of the Twitter tough guys? If you're a pro wrestling persona and you want to agitate fans, just go after them using Twitter and using their platform of social media to speak their opinions. You can follow this show on Twitter at podcast underscore UF, by the way. Uh, Twitter tough guys, kind of a cheap shot, kind of a uh, kind of a formality, I guess, at this point by heels, or if you're trying to make yourself sound controversial and take a shot at fans, you got to mention some keyboard warriors, Twitter tough guys, however you want to phrase it. So that much I didn't care for, but I do see its necessity in uh, in the use on this promo here. But the line of the night, the line of Finn Bauer's return here, folks, was, I don't watch the business. It watches me. That's a line that gave me chills. That's a line that made me drop my phone and just say, holy shit. What an incredible line by Finn Bauer. Definitely proving his ground as the talk of this pro wrestling business. Taking shots at the boys in the back, saying there's too many fans in the back. Not enough professionals, I suppose. He sent Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, into a state of Johnny Watches Wrestling. So this takeover build, Finn Bauer versus Johnny Gargano, is bound to be a high-octane, highly anticipated matchup. I don't know if you can have a favorite match of all time before it happens, but that's where this Finn Bauer and Johnny Gargano mold seems to be forming into. I cannot wait to see Bauer and Gargano face off. Two of my guys. I'm a skinny guy myself. I'm always rooting for the underdog. Rey Mysterio is my favorite wrestler of all time. I rode this Daniel Bryan wave all the way through WrestleMania 30. Still one of my favorites. 
Seth Rollins, not exactly the biggest guy in the pen despite his height. Named my freaking show after him. First ever NXT champion. Could not be more of a fan of Seth Rollins. Yes, that includes the most recent iterations of Seth Rollins and what he's been going through. And uh, that's that. So Bauer and Gargano, two of my absolute favorites in today's pro wrestling landscape. I cannot wait for this takeover collision. I cannot wait to see Johnny Gargano back on NXT TV and what is in store for the future of this rivalry. Finn Bauer doing some great work here. Heel Finn Bauer, always something I had kind of seen through YouTube rabbit holes of watching NJPW, starting to familiarize myself with him, wow, five years ago. Recording this the day after Finn Bauer's five-year anniversary of his NXT television debut. Can't believe it's been that long. But watching what I know from him back then, starting to form itself on NXT, really anticipating what this darker side of Balor can do. The Prince has returned to his roots, and he's seeking out NXT royalty. Please be sure to reach out to me with your thoughts on Finn Balor. It's a hot subject right now, team, and I really want as much involvement on the conversation as needed and is necessary, and as many points of view as I can possibly get on this is more than welcome. Let's talk women's division, though. I spoke Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Tag team title match. Tag team number one contender opportunity. Excuse me, Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir taking on team fly kicks of Kai and Knox. Women's tag team title match. The Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kairi Sane versus Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Kai and Knox admittedly had the good nerves going into this and a common grounds on very similar knee and ACL injuries. Definitely two likable superstars. I definitely give all the babyface credit in the world to Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Very enjoyable talents inside and outside of the ring. Dakota Kai really gelling with me as a pure babyface and Tegan Knox having success coming back from her injury is absolutely well-deserved. The Welsh wonder, Lady Kane, working her way towards one of my favorites in this NXT women's division, as stacked with talent as it could possibly be. This women's tag team title match between these two teams would be the overall setup for the historical women's war games matchup. Asuka and Kairi Sane, though, getting quite a warm welcome back from the Full Sail faithful. I love to see it. As hard as it is to boo Asuka and Kairi Sane, especially in the walls of Full Sail University, I thought they did a really good job getting heel heat. Love the new side of Asuka. Love this new intensity and aggression being brought from Kairi Sane. Team Kick aren't the only ones who can kick. Asuka and Kairi Sane know how to bring their strikes in their own right. The Warriors targeting the knees... What else, what else can you really say about it? Just the soundest and smartest strategy that they could possibly have going into this matchup. Kai would have both her legs taken out from under her. Dakota Kai would get tied up and bent out of shape quite literally through the course of this matchup. Kai took some beating throughout the course of this matchup. 
Very long match. I really hate commercials. No picture-in-picture for the women's tag team title match. I thought it was kind of beat. If you're going to have commercial breaks with picture-in-picture in it, I'd rather they be during notable title matches as opposed to anything earlier in the evening. But I digress. You got to do what you got to do when you're on live national exposure television. Long match, longer than I expected, especially considering the comparison of the number one contendership match that they needed to go through to get here in the first place. Uh, so, just a little bit of a slight complaint. Probably my only complaint as far as the action is concerned. Love the hot tag to Tegan. Tegan Knox coming out like a bat out of hell against both Kabuki Warriors. However, the leveraged knee bar by Asuka is an absolute game changer. No matter which of these two women it would take place on, Asuka with a sound strategy in this matchup and absolute goal of retaining their titles. Really undeniable skills by Asuka in in this matchup. Now here's where I thought was a fatal mistake. Dakota Kai took such a beatdown in this matchup. Bent out of shape, broken, beatdown, submission holds from all angles, especially with a focus on that targeted knee. I thought a tag to Dakota Kai was a mistake, and it would prove to be a mistake. The counter of a poison mist to Dakota Kai, the referee unable to notice, and here's where the brilliance of the poison mist and the tag team chemistry of the Kabuki Warriors would come into play. Asuka would keep Kai's face hidden as she made the tag to Kairi Sane. The insane elbow would hit on the back of Dakota Kai. Not flipped up, back on the mat, face up, where the referee might notice something's afoot. But the insane elbow to the back and the spine of Dakota Kai. Brilliant. Even more brilliant. Covering the face while hooking the leg for the pinfall victory. Incredible intelligence displayed by the Kabuki Warriors. Great finish in this matchup. I thought it was absolutely fantastic way of going about the use of the Poison Mist. The inclusion of probably my favorite move in the professional wrestling landscape. Especially the women's division. Really can't put put can't put a finger on what finisher is my favorite as far as the men go. But I could watch Kyrie Sane drop an elbow on a loop for hours at a time. Great finish. So smart by Asuka and Sane, able to retain their their women's tag team championships. That can be defended on Raw SmackDown or NXT. Gotta please forgive my verbal faux pas on that. Can't help but reference NXT when I'm talking about title matches on NXT TV. Anyway, Queen's Army, Shayna Baszler, Jasmine Duke, Marina Shafir, storming the ring, decimating the challenges. Just when you think that we would see history repeat itself, and Tegan Knox would suffer a similar fate that we've seen Dakota Kai become a victim of, Rhea Ripley would make the save on Tegan Knox's arm. Now at this point... You didn't know if it was intentionally or not, but we've seen a growing respect by Rhea Ripley towards Tegan Knox. So Rhea Ripley making the save from Shayna in this assault. Io Shirai joining the fray, jumping Rhea Ripley, 
Bianca Belair also joining the fray and jumping Rhea Ripley. Candice would jump Io Shirai. Absolute pandemonium and chaos and bedlam at ringside. And there's only one solution for this at this time of the year. And if anybody can make me a ringtone for this announcement, I would more than appreciate it. William Regal, found in the Falcon's Nest, uh, Eagle's Nest, the the interview commentator area, the, the high perch, let's just call it, the high perch of Full Sail, William Regal would provide a oh-so-familiar solution of war games. Holy shit, we have a women's war games matchup taking place this year. History being made right before us. Now at first you would think, okay, Io Shirai, Jasmine Duke, Marina Shafir, and Shayna Baszler. Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, and Rhea Ripley. Wait, where does Bianca Belair fit in? You can't you can't leave out the EST in such a monumental matchup. We saw a Mia Yim package earlier in the evening. Where does this fit in? We do have established teams almost all the way through at this point. Gonna mention this again later on, but Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and confirmed on the November 5th edition of NXT television, Mia Yim joining forces on this team, and Team Shayna shaping up to be Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and one more left up in the air. I admittedly did not watch WWE's The Drop, The Break, whatever the uh, the new network show is where uh, these, these teams were formally announced, but still could not be happier to see these women getting this opportunity. What an environment for women's wrestling. What incredible growth we have seen through women's wrestling these past few years. Last woman standing between Asuka and Nikki Cross. Last woman standing between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair at WWE Evolution, which I'm privileged enough to be able to sit in the audience and watch live. The cage match between Io Shirai and Shayna Baszler. Incredible night of NXT TV back then. Just to name a few of the monumental moments I have seen recently in women's wrestling. Nobody across the board is doing women's wrestling quite like NXT. There is so much faith and so much talent in this NXT women's division. And NXT TakeOver War Games is just another monumental note in the impressive division that this is becoming. Oh, wow. I did mention that this would be one of my longest episodes to date, going over 50 minutes, and I haven't even gotten to NXT TakeOver SmackDown on the 1st of November, 2019. And to quote Pat McAfee, the greatest episode of SmackDown I have ever seen. Definitely my favorite episode since at least like 2003, 2004. SmackDown on November 1st, absolutely fantastic. Coming together due to unfortunate circumstances and first and foremost before I jump into the action and altercations itself, I'm very happy to know that WWE's talent made it back from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in one piece and the travel woes were unfortunate timing, long flights. I could not imagine what these, lady, what 
well, these ladies being at least Natalia and Lacey Evans were going through and what all of these talents from the SmackDown roster would have to go through. And they're going from Saudi Arabia back to the U.S. to Buffalo, New York. Monday Night Raw, Long Island. And now this upcoming week on Friday, they'll have action in the U.K., a European tour, presumably up until that Friday, and Raw next week also in the UK. All the credit in the world to the travel schedule and resilience of the WWE roster. Now these unfortunate travel woes, I'm not going to sit here and gossip. We've read what we've read. Was it plane troubles? That's what I'm going to go with. Some sort of travel woe would have SmackDown and WWE bring in the cavalry. Triple H would call in an army to save the show and make an impact. A literal NXT takeover of Friday Night SmackDown. And it would kick off, quite literally, when you're talking about this woman, Shayna Baszler attacking Sasha Banks on the outside and storming the ring after Bailey. after Bailey would successfully retain her women's championship, SmackDown Women's Championship, be specific here, against Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross, another one of my favorite NXT alumni, and definitely getting the spotlight that she deserves. If you want to go back and check out my interview with founding member of Sanity, Sawyer Fulton, Sawyer has Nikki Cross billed as the best women's talent on the roster, and it's very hard to disagree with him, even in this impressive landscape of women's wrestling that I cannot stop talking about. Shayna attacking Bailey making a statement, and putting forth that aggression that we know from the submission magician. Matt Riddle and Keith Lee would be involved in a very entertaining segment with another former face of NXT in Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn swearing that he supports NXT too, and oh, I got my shirt in the car, let me just go get it. Riddle and Lee would not follow him to the parking lot, and presumably the backseat of Sami's car, but out to the ring, where Sami would be a victim of a bro Derek and a big-time moonsault by the limitless Keith Lee. Great segment, super entertaining. I definitely, big fan of that one. Definitely could not stop smiling all the way through this edition of SmackDown. Tommaso Ciampa on Miz TV after Miz would say he's interviewing himself due to Bray Wyatt not being there live at the uh, at the arena. Tommaso Ciampa would storm the ring and go face-to-face with Miz. Now, if he was healthy, I think Velveteen Dream would be in this spotlight. Velveteen Dream has a spotlight no matter where he goes. The big-time A-lister versus the experience is a rivalry that I'm definitely looking forward to and will come forth in the future. You have my word on that. It's written in the stars. Dream versus Miz in a microphone face-off has got to happen. But I thought Tommaso Ciampa did a great job here calling out the uh, the nonsense, I suppose, of Miz. And Ciampa reminding us that he is the greatest sports entertainer in the world. Love that saying. So happy Tommaso Ciampa is healthy back. Four major surgeries in two years. Still looking as jacked as can be. Still performing to the highest of levels. Miz coming back with, oh, you're just saying everything that I've heard in the past. But Tommaso Ciampa, not looking like he's ready to fight, but would get in a fight with Miz here. 
I thought it was a great match, and I'm not saying this in any disparaging way. I think Miz is a great opponent for Tommaso Ciampa if they needed to do this because Miz is pretty safe when it comes to his in-ring work. Miz has never been injured. Whenever he's off the roster or off TV, it's always for movies, television, promotional sort of aspects. Miz is not an injury-prone superstar, and he's not known for injuring his opponents with his moveset. So Tommaso Ciampa, with that history and four major surgeries in the past two years, I really thought it was a great opponent to not only make Ciampa look good, but also keep him safe in between those ropes. Tommaso Ciampa would end this with a fairy tale ending, creating another, creating the first win of NXT's success here. So we have Shayna successfully attacking Bailey, Riddle and Lee laying the SmackDown on Sami Zayn, Bianca Belair would jump Carmella and Dana Brooke on their way to face Fire and Desire, and their match would be replaced by Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox beating Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, Fire and Desire. Rhea Ripley, I thought getting some microphone time was also needed, getting a little bit of an introduction of herself to a mainstream audience here. And Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox joining forces through respect a long time in the making. In case anybody forgot about Tegan Knox's ACL or MCL injury, can't really exactly get my medical terms correct, but I'm 99% sure it was an ACL injury to that knee. Happened during the Mae Young Classic match with Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley has respect for Tegan Knox now through her fighting spirit and work ethic. Able to come back through those injuries, Tegan Knox has earned a special place on Team Ripley and able to successfully pick up a tag team victory on SmackDown. So NXT undefeated so far, and this, this is something I never thought I would see, at least not yet. Daniel Bryan walking backstage earlier in this edition of SmackDown, Facing off with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels decked out in the finest of NXT merchandise. Brian looking for a fight. A little bit of an entertaining and laughable tease by HBK. Taking off the sweatshirt, but regretting that mistake because of how cold it was backstage. Daniel Bryan facing off and facing down with Adam Cole. Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. I know Friday Night Smackdown on Fox is short-lived so far, but it's going to find a tough spot to find a better match than this one. Cole and Bryan back-to-back in what is a masterpiece of a matchup. The chemistry was there. The ability by Dan O'Brien to look like a credible contender and make our NXT World Champion look so good in the process. Could not ask for any more of this matchup, I was able to watch this SmackDown episode with one of my longtime best friends, the musician who put together my theme song, the legendary, in my book, DRJ, showing off those guitar riffs that you guys listen to each and every episode. I just sat here with him, smiling, going back and forth, marking out on each side of us, and I could not have asked for a better person to watch that edition of SmackDown with. Could not ask for a better opportunity for him to once again be caught up in the world of pro wrestling than to catch this matchup. 
Cole versus Daniel Bryan. Star ratings are irrelevant in my book, but this was an absolute classic in my opinion. Adam Cole able to deliver a Panama sunrise and last shot to Daniel Bryan for a clean pinfall victory. Probably the most shocking to the system that Daniel Bryan was beaten clean in this one. We expect the Undisputed Era or some NXT antics to take place during this matchup. Not the case here. Cole with a 1-2-3 victory, making Triple H and Shawn Michaels proud on the outside. Love the mob mentality, the army of Triple H being built, and this segment at the end, a rally cry of Triple H towards Raw, towards SmackDown, saying that NXT is going into Survivor Series with the mission to prove that they are the most dominant brand in WWE. I love the speech by Triple H. I love the rallying of the troops. But my favorite part of this segment was a little bit more subtle, and I hope a lot of you out there caught this as well. If you've watched it more than once, go back, watch it again. Look at Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa's eyes would not leave Goldie. Tommaso Ciampa had his eyes set on Adam Cole's NXT Championship through this entire segment. So there's a lot of dispute. Oh, these women are rivalry with each other. There's some cruiserweight talents out there who have bad blood. There's a lot of people out there who are in the midst of rivalries with each other right now. Tommaso Ciampa staying true to his motives and his goals of getting Goldie back. Champa's eyes did not leave that championship this entire ending. Beautiful subtlety, incredible storytelling by Tommaso Ciampa here. What a way to end SmackDown this past week. Could not ask for anything more. Could not be due to the strangest of circumstances, but I'm happy everybody traveled back safe. I am thrilled that we got to witness that edition of SmackDown and the build for Survivor Series is looking to be stellar. Could not ask for a better involvement. Finally, NXT getting that exposure, getting the chance to prove that they're a third brand, not a developmental territory, a third solidified brand under the WWE umbrella. Great stuff. Great storytelling by Tommaso Ciampa. NXT is the proving ground for these talents. SmackDown, Raw, you're going to have your hands full because Tommaso Ciampa at the forefront, this might become no one will survive or series. I hope somebody out there appreciated the pun. Let's move on to Monday Night Raw on November 4th. Seth Rollins, what's next for Seth Rollins? What is next for the namesake of the show? Triple H had a few things to say about it. Triple H looking to recruit Seth Rollins back home where he was the first ever NXT champion. Where the undisputed future was born in Triple H's eyes. Whatever has been next for Seth Rollins has always managed to involve the King of Kings, the game, the Papa of NXT, Triple H. So Seth having a lot to think about, but Seth full of piss and vinegar coming off his 
his undisputed, his universal championship loss to the Fiend at Crown Jewel would get himself an NXT championship matchup with Adam Cole in what was a great match. I thought it could have used a little bit more time. I can't expect both matches for the NXT championship to end with queen finishes, so Undisputed Era would make their presence known. The ending of this episode of Raw would end in absolute chaos, but absolute athleticism on display by Keith Lee with a big old tope to the outside, taking out not just Raw superstars, but also involving NXT superstars in the process as well. Keith Lee, incredible athleticism as we have all come to know in these past number of weeks. No, I didn't forget about it. I wanted to save this for the best because it is... I wanted to save this for last because it was the best and my personal favorite moment of Monday Night Raw this past week. Shayna Baszler interrupting a Becky Lynch interview with Charlie Caruso. Shayna Baszler taking over Charlie's seat to face off with the man, the Raw Women's Champion and NXT Women's Champion meeting face-to-face for the first time. The intensity was in the eyes here, folks. Shayna Baszler does all of her talking with her body. Whether it's locking you up or staring you down, Shayna Baszler's intensity comes from her face, it comes from her body, it comes from her anger and aggression. Becky Lynch, not backing down from the submission magician. I cannot wait to see this triple threat match between Shayna, Becky, and Bailey. They'll keep their eye on Bailey. But the real face-off here is Becky and Shayna. Becky reminds Shayna of her success over Shayna's friend, Ronda Rousey, fellow MMA horsewoman. And Shayna Baszler reminding that she's not Ronda Rousey. Shayna Baszler is a successful two-time champion here in WWE. Shayna two-time having arguably... You know what? No, there is no argument. Shayna Baszler between her two title reigns, is having as dominant of a reign with that NXT championship as Asuka's over 500 days of being undefeated. Shayna two-time, stepping up to Becky. The intensity is there. The rivalry is building. I cannot wait for what is sure to be, especially with these two-thirds of that triple threat match, a absolute submission technical spectacle. Great face-off from Shayna and Becky Lynch. SmackDown and Raw will be covered on this podcast moving forward during the Survivor Series build. You can't not talk about SmackDown and Raw if you're doing an NXT podcast right now. And as the longest-running independently produced NXT podcast, it is my duty to report to you everything that I'm within knowledge of that the roster is doing. Can't get to as many NXT live events as I'd like to because, you know, traveling costs money and all that. But anything I'm familiar with, what the roster is doing on television, I'm going to bring to you and be sure to discuss here. I would not be up for best solo podcast if I did uh, if I did not stick true to my word and deliver to you absolutely everything I know about what is going on in the world of NXT's roster. The takeovers will continue moving forward, I'm sure. In the UK on Friday and Monday. NXT UK involvement? How far down this rabbit hole is NXT going to go? How far and wide is NXT going to recruit in this Survivor Series landscape? I cannot wait to see 
Raw, and SmackDown. Survivor Series, my favorite of the big four pay-per-views. Probably because it it holds such a special place in my heart of those big four pay-per-views. I've been to SummerSlam the most, but Survivor Series has always stuck with me. I watched CM Punk's Longest Reign begin at Survivor Series back in 2011. I was there live for the first ever Elimination Chamber as a kid. And Survivor Series 2002, to this day, remains my favorite pay-per-view of all time. So Survivor Series has a very special place in my heart and just continues to do so with NXT's involvement. After all these years of wondering and waiting when NXT is going to join the Survivor Series build as a, as a, a formidable third brand that can take it to the members of Raw and SmackDown's roster, we are finally getting that, and I am sure to deliver on the discussion and conversation on the Undisputed Future Podcast. Okay. First of all, thank you guys so much for listening. If you made it this far, I cannot thank you enough. Longest episode to date. Really uh, really earning my stripes as far as best solo podcast here goes, team. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for sticking with me. Finally, what we are here to discuss, the most recent edition of NXT TV, November 6th, 2019, and what a mark that was made in the beginning of this one. After being fed up with the takeover happening on Monday Night Raw, the OC, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, named the best tag team in the world, although I find that kind of irrelevant when the Revival and uh, Undisputed Era's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish exist, but the best tag team in the world as named their crown jewel, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, and the United States champion, AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, is on NXT. Without missing a beat, I was marking out five minutes into this one. I could not contain my excitement. I could not stop smiling all the way through this edition of NXT. The OC starting things off with an assault-style rebuttal to the Undisputed Era. Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and Adam Cole laid out at the hands of Gallows, Anderson, and Styles. The OC fighting takeover of brand with takeover of brand. We are taking over, and that is not just phenomenal, that is undisputed. AJ Styles, what a talent. Somebody I somebody coming into WWE in 2016, skipping off skipping NXT, every right to do so. One of the best professional wrestlers in the world today. Making his debut straight up in the Royal Rumble. At least in my perspective, I'd always wondered, man, AJ Styles mixing it up in an NXT ring, getting to prove what he can do with the right amount of time, with the right talents, with these growing roster of NXT phenomenal fellow talents. Finally, prayers were answered this evening. Tommaso Ciampa would have some thoughts on this OC takeover. Tommaso Ciampa addressing a question that a lot of people have asked, not so much myself because I've already had this perspective, when are you going to join the main roster? Tommaso Ciampa welcomes the OC to the main roster. And that's a phrase that gave me goosebumps when I heard it. It's a phrase that as I sit here and say it again is giving me goosebumps sitting here recording this. Welcome to the main roster. NXT is the main roster. Tommaso Ciampa would give credit where it's due. Ciampa saying he has no problem 
with Undisputed Era getting assaulted. Probably in his favor, going into the intensity of what will be November 23rd's War Games matchup. But he does have a problem with them standing in his ring. The numbers game at the advantage of the OC until a point. Keith Lee and Matt Riddle would join Tommaso Ciampa on the left and right. We are going to war with you. And AJ Styles says you're on. And we have an incredible main event on November 6th edition of NXT's television. Going back to another budding rivalry in NXT, we have the Bruiserweight and the Archer of Infamy 2, Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest, going at it once again, referencing the last edition of the podcast I did, was covering this matchup between Priest and Dunne. It would come down to the size of Priest and the craftiness of Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne is such a great talent. There's, there's so many on the NXT roster, but it's hard to deny the resume that Pete Dunne has. One of the longest reigning champions of the, if not the, the longest reigning champion of the modern era with the United Kingdom Championship. So Priest already having a victory under his belt over somebody with the acumen of Pete Dunne, whether it was by hook or by crook, definitely a notch in the belt of Damian Priest. Priest would have the strike advantage and power advantage here, but Pete Dunne's technique and even the unexpected strength of his own delivered for him in this matchup. I honestly did not expect Dunne to deliver a moonsault and a powerbomb in the same matchup considering the size and stature of Damian Priest. Something else shocking in this one, that both men would go aerial. Damian Priest with his own springboard to the outside, wiping out the bruiserweight. I thought this was a great match. Hard-hitting, loud strikes, and really, really a rivalry you did not expect that you wanted. But once you see the chemistry between these two guys in the ring, it's really, really admirable. I'm a Damian Priest guy. He's a fellow New Yorker. I've got all the respect and really admire his look and his ability displayed so far. I love the finish for this one because I love a finish that can form on the basis of history that a rivalry already has. Priest would be on the other side of this one. The referee would get blinded in the corner once again. Priest would attempt to strike with a low blow to the bruiser weight. Dunn would catch his leg and deliver a low blow of his own. Referee blinded. Dunn would block getting his own low blow in there. This would lead to a finger snap, crackle, and pop signature in the moveset of Pete Dunn. And an armbar, a Juji Gatami cross armbreaker to deliver a tap out by Damian Priest and tying up this rivalry one match apiece. And I can't think of a better finish. You just go back and forth with the blindsided ref and the deception and the craftiness of both of these men able to do whatever it takes to outsmart and by hook or by crook pick up the victory over the other one. I I thought it was great work by Dunn and Priest. Great matchup to kick off this week's edition of NXT. I can't wait to see a rubber match between these two. Will it make the TakeOver grudge match spotlight? 
Not sure, but it's always something that we can hope for. Post-match, however, I mentioned Killian Dane. I mentioned Killian Dane again. Killian Dane blindsiding Pete Dunne. Damian Priest would cut him off and try and get a few extra shots in there on Pete Dunne, but he would get a headbutt by the Beast of Belfast for his trouble. A Vader bomb landing on Dunne. Priest would attempt to cut off Killian Dane on the entrance ramp and would get steel to the back in the form of those steps and a cannonball for his trouble. Damian Priest on an absolute tear coming off his street fight oriented rivalry with the original bro. Matt Riddle. Dane is coming back, man. Like a house on fire. He's delivering this intensity and these beatdowns to his opponents. So Damian Priest on the right track to prove himself as a prominent beast in the NXT universe. Uh, we have Rhea Tegan and Candice and Mia Yim confirmed. And I'll get to Mia Yim's confirmation in just a matter of moments. Dakota Kai... Dakota Kai attempting to deliver her thoughts on uh, on facing Shayna Baszler and reigniting this rivalry on this episode of NXT TV. Couldn't catch most of it. There seemed to be a lot of sound trouble going on with this week's edition of, uh, of NXT TV. But I did make out that Dakota Kai is not the same person that she was before and definitely proved that later on in her matchup. Not going to talk too much about this matchup, but uh, Tynara Conti, Tynara versus Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett making her television debut as a full-time signee on an, on NXT's roster. Santana Garrett, well-known around the independent scene, been on NXT TV before, but this as her debut as a full-time signee. Could not be happier for Santana. Just keep up the great work in recruiting women for this NXT women's division. Santana's an impressive athlete in her own right. I thought this matchup kind of played out uh, played out a little bit too rehearsed, I guess. I, I mean, you could tell these women have been working drills with each other and putting this matchup together. But the things that you could see were called in the ring. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of slow points, a lot, of, a lot of things that seemed too fixed and too too flowing and too too choreographed, I guess. I mean... We're watching pro wrestling here. We're going to expect our choreography and set up spots and this and that. But there were some some moves that just played out like basic wrestling drills and not exactly like combat. But I did admire Tainara's aggressiveness here. The heavy strikes and the judoka black belt skills shining through in this matchup. Tainara finally picking up a big time victory on NXT TV after finding herself on the other side of that of that win column. Uh, Tynera hopefully continues this aggression and can really start to build herself as a talent and competitor in this division. I'm a huge fan of Tynera for a long time now, so seeing her get television victories is more than welcome. In my book, Tynera, fellow real black belt, could not be happier for her picking up a victory here. Santana Garrett, welcome to full-time signee. In the NXT Women's Division. More women's action. Dakota Kai versus NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler. There's over a year of history in the making in this matchup. Dakota Kai taken out a while back at the hands of Shayna Baszler. 
Dakota Kai getting her elbow stomped out, getting each and every limb decimated by Shayna Baszler at every single turn that Dakota Kai would get met by the submission magician. So Dakota Kai, really just tired of getting kicked around, literally, and stomped out, literally, showing more of an aggressive side of Kai here. And boy, did she need it. However, there's just some things you can't do better than Shayna Baszler, and the submission game and combat is just one of them. There's some people who will never get the better of Shayna Baszler, and Dakota Kai, unfortunately, I do see being one of those. She did fight through. Dakota Kai did fight through, going strike for strike with Shayna at points in this matchup. But there's one thing that he can't go toe-to-toe with Shayna on, and that is the submission specialty. Shayna going after the knee of Dakota Kai with some vicious stomps, and the submission magician would pull out some tricks in that Kirafuda clutch, locking it up each and every way, preventing Kai from getting to the ropes, and Dakota Kai having absolutely no choice but to tap out to Shayna Baszler once again. Lots of post-match chaos in this one team NXT. Post-match assault by the Queen's Army onto Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai unable to catch a break when it comes to confrontations with Shayna Baszler. The Queen's Army, Jasmine Duke, Marina Shafir, and Shayna continuing a beatdown until Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, and Io Shirai all joining the fray. This women's war games match really coming to a head at the end of Kai versus Baszler here. And here comes a difference maker in the form of Mia Yim with a kendo stick. Yim putting the beat down on Team Baszler, taking out Shayna, taking out Bianca, knocking down Io Shirai. Io Shirai's been a user of a kendo stick and she wound up on the wrong side of one this week on NXT TV. She stands tall, she being Mia Yim, pronouns there, pal. Standing tall with Team Rhea Ripley here. And uh, we would get this confirmation that I mentioned earlier with Mia Yim joining Rhea Ripley's team, officially named as number four. Mike Troubles here again. Just, I don't know what was going on with the sound here on uh, on NXT TV this week, but there were just some... Uh, some problems going on with the sound departments at uh, at Full Sail. I hope everything works out by uh, by next week. Mia Yimba officially named as number four. Rhea Ripley breaking it to Dakota Kai that she just did not make the cut. And there's a case for that. Dakota Kai suffering the loss on the women's tag team title match. Making that mistake and getting pinned. Like I mentioned earlier, probably shouldn't have tagged back into that matchup. Victimized by the Kabuki Warriors. Dakota Kai getting roughed up and bent out of shape by Shayna Baszler. This most recent edition of NXT TV. There's a lot to take into account when it comes to picking a fourth member for a War Games matchup. Dakota Kai just not making the aggressiveness cut as far as Rhea Ripley is concerned. So Mia Yim, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, and Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox and not Dakota Kai making the cut here, there's just more of a respect factor when it comes from Rhea Ripley towards Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox attempting to fight through an ACL injury during their Mae Young Classic match. Tegan Knox recovering and overcoming her injuries and returning to NXT TV 
with some success in singles action. So Rhea Ripley just noticing Tegan Knox as more of a standout here. Dakota Kai looking very upset and very relatable and definitely tugged on your heartstrings her reaction to not making that historical War Games matchup. Now, did she not make the cut or did she not make this team? Shayna Baszler's team has one more vacancy. Shayna, Belair, and Io Shirai. Dakota Kai took it to Shayna Baszler this week, able to display new form of aggression. So, through a strange twist and turns, and again, this is an opinion here, this is a strange opinion, but anything is possible in the world of pro wrestling here, folks. Will Dakota Kai tap into a more of a dark side and continue this aggressive streak And instead of taking it out towards Shayna Baszler, use it for Team Baszler's benefit and possibly be that fourth woman standing across from her Team Kick teammate and Candice LeRae and Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley in this War Games matchup. Can Dakota Kai still fit this mold? Can she manage to find her way into this matchup by coming to an alliance with her biggest rival in her NXT tenure. Lots of questions on the road to NXT TakeOver War Games, and lots of questions in the Cruiserweight division right now as well. Tony Nese goes one-on-one with Angel Garza this week on NXT TV, and this match would be a number one contender match for Leo Rush's NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Now, in case anybody's not familiar with uh, what's going on in the landscape of 205 Live, Tony Nese with a victory over Oni Lorcan and Arya Davari in a triple threat match most recently would solidify his standing as a competitor for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. And Angel Garza, able to overcome Jack Gallagher a couple weeks ago or a couple minutes ago, if, uh, if you've listened to this podcast all the way through, over Jack and Tony Nese versus Angel Garza going head-to-head in a number one contenders matchup. Uh, Raul Mendoza, before I move on to the actual in-ring action here, Raul Mendoza also had a great match with Leo Rush, another NXT talent who could make a case for a Cruiserweight Championship opportunity in the future. Mendoza versus Rush, also a great match this past week on 205 Live. But Tony Nese versus Angel Garza, if there was one thing we were certain of, there was lots of confidence in this match and lots of abs in this one as well. Two of these guys definitely putting in the work. And uh, look at that, that core strength. It's its really undeniable. Really, really great matchup between these two. I love the agility. I love the strength. I love the antics back and forth. Something I never thought I'd hear Moro call. Something I definitely don't think he would ever call. Angel Garza setting up his signature... Uh, Signature ripping off of his pants that has become a crowd favorite, especially with uh, with a certain demographic in the NXT universe. Unable to finish it at the hands of Tony East. Tony East cutting it off for the meantime, but going off the top rope, setting up a powerbomb would finish the job. Tony Nese power bombs a pair of pants. Yes, Tony Nese power bombed a pair of pants, and the shock on his face. And the comedy aspect of that spot, I really thoroughly enjoyed myself watching this matchup. 
not just for the athleticism, but the antics as well. Really like these two going back and forth. The aerial ability, the agility, the back and forth. Who's really going to solidify themselves as number one contender? I could see either one of these guys, whether it be Tony Nese as a cruiserweight champion of the past, getting another opportunity to be a two-time cruiserweight champion, or Angel Garza looking to continue to climb that ladder of success here in the cruiserweight division. This matchup really could have gone either way in my opinion, but I did have a feeling that Angel Garza would find himself with success here, and I was correct after Angel Garza would clip the wings of Tony Nese. What a finishing move that is. I love it. It's so compact. It's so devastating. It looks like it really jacks up the back and stretches the neck. Great finish by Angel Garza. Angel Garza sealing the W and moving on to a number one contender opportunity and a championship match with Leo Rush next week on November 13th edition of NXT. Leo Rush would come out to meet his contender and offer some sort of sportsmanship, but Angel Garza would offer a five-star slap right across the face of Leo Rush. That slap would be met with a grin. And Leo Rush and Angel Garza is another battle of two very confident, very narcissistic superstars, and it is sure to be an athletic showcase for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Wow, I'm moving on to 90 minutes, an hour and a half of this podcast episode. So I want to take this time to thank you once again for listening. If you've been able to listen this long, there is no I in Team NXT. I could not do this without all of your support. Let's move on to another man that I've mentioned earlier and cannot stop talking about. Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on Dominic Dijakovic. Swerve getting a Getting a well-deserved video package earlier in this edition of NXT. Swerve, one of the breakout talents of this breakout tournament. And Dijakovic with a landmark rivalry against Keith Lee. And just coming up short in that North American Championship triple threat. Despite not being the men pinned at the end of that one. Swerve, very popular talent. Stock rising on 205 Live as well as NXT as of late going head-to-head with a larger opponent over 6 feet tall in Dijakovic, who has cruiserweight ability in his own right. The athleticism and strength is a perfect mix when it comes to Dijakovic. I really, really like the uniqueness of this pairing in Swerve versus Dijak. Swerve really brought it to Dijak this week. The strikes, the strength displayed by Swerve, and the speed that is unforgettable once you watch Swerve in the ring. Mentioned it earlier, but in case anybody skipped the rounds, you always, at least in my case, I always end up saying, I have never seen that before when I'm watching Swerve in the ring. The kick, the DDT on the second rope, the springboard ability over the top to the outside. Swerve is such a unique talent with a great, incredible moveset, and I cannot wait to see him. I cannot wait to see more on any brand, any match he's been able to deliver so far, including a great match with Arya Davari this past week on 205 Live. Watch Isaiah Swerve Scott. Keep your eyes out for Isaiah Swerve Scott because Swerve's house is rock. Swerve's house is rocking. It's a house party and Swerve is the MC. However, 
one pivotal moment, Dijakovic bringing all of the strength, all of the strikes in what was a barn burner of a match, and probably my match of the evening, including this six-man tag team main event between Champa, Riddle, and Lee taking on the OC. Swerve vs. Dijak, my favorite match on NXT television this week. Lots of back and forth, lots of unique offense coming on both sides of the ring, but one powerful catch and slight opening by Dijak would be able to deliver a feast your eyes knee strike to the face on Swerve and secure a W for Dijakovic. So Dijak, not successful for the North American Championship, but does get a win back here on NXT TV. I think Dijak has such a good look. He's six, he's over six feet, six foot seven. I think I've, uh, I think I've heard his build height as six seven. Moves like a cruiserweight. Impressive athleticism. The guy can do it all between the ropes. I think he's in for big things, not just on NXT TV, but if he moves around to Raw or SmackDown Live. I think he's a man who can definitely earn his way with a big-time push. Swerve, never seen that before. Can't wait to see what he does next. And I cannot wait to see what's in for War Games coming up with Team Champa. Team Champa so far, Tommaso Champa, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee taking on the OC, AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows. Not many notes for this matchup because I was glued to my television and I think I put my phone on like the other side of the room because of how badly I wanted to pay attention and needed to pay attention to what was breaking down in this matchup and this broke down in a hurry. Starting off with absolute bedlam inside and outside of the ring and it would start with AJ Styles and Tommaso Ciampa and if there's one match that you need to see one-on-one between a Raw superstar and an NXT superstar, right now, it's got to be AJ Styles with a number of opponents, Tommaso Ciampa being one of those. High-paced, never slowing down. From bell to bell, it was an incredible main event. Matt Riddle's hot tag got me hyped and jumping out of my seat. Keith Lee and Luke Gallows facing off in the middle of the ring. I yelled, Haas fight! So loud in my house that I woke up my dog. So, so many high points. Carl Anderson's spine buster doing the Anderson name proud as tired of a line as that is. Some things are a cliche for a reason and Carl Anderson's spine buster makes a case for every single time that needs to be referenced in, well, in reference to the great Arn Anderson. Unbelievable display of talent by all six talents. However, this matchup would end in as much chaos as it started. The referee would be knocked down by the pounce from Keith Lee and would open up the window of opportunity for Finn Balor to join the action. Finn Balor, like a hired gun. You never know when he's going to strike. You never know who he's going to strike. And this week, it was a 1916 on the entrance ramp again this time to Matt Riddle. And Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. Another match. A lot of us are aching and clamoring to see. And if you weren't before you saw that, now it's in your mindset. Or at least it's definitely stuck inside mine. Adam Cole would jump in and lay out AJ Styles. And lay out Tommaso Ciampa. 
this match ending in utter and absolute chaos. But the two moments that Finn Bauer got to experience and that really opened and widened a lot of our eyes was Finn Bauer and AJ Styles making eye contact, bringing back old BC vibes, the OG club of Bauer and AJ Styles, a couple too sweet and bullet club action hand gestures there. Definitely a markout worthy moment. Prior to a last shot by Adam Cole taking out AJ Styles, AJ Styles, Adam Cole, and Finn Bauer. You take any combination of those two guys, and there's history there. You take how you take any of those two guys, and you got a quality singles matchup that I can't wait to see. Finn Bauer is an X factor in what is becoming on NXT television right now. Finn Bauer on NXT and the dark inside and the prince returning is must see television and just throwing these old little Easter eggs of his relationships with AJ Styles and Adam Cole just made it all the more worthy this week. Cole would jump in laying at Styles and Tommaso Ciampa. Bodies laid out inside the ring, outside of the ring. Just absolute chaos. No finish in this matchup. No contest. Uh, I've had my complaints towards a couple other things ending in no contest, but if it's done right, and it's done with the intention and the mentions that NXT television just did this past week, you really can't ask for more of character development as far as a main event story is concerned. Loved the six-man tag team action. Loved the ending. I loved all three weeks of NXT television. I love this brand. I'm thankful that all of you love this brand as much as I do. Thank you so much for listening Three weeks of NXT review, Finn Bauer returning to the brand, women's division spotlight, and women's war games. Covering a lot here so far on this week's edition of the UFP show about the NXT show. So where do we go from here? I definitely want to go back to a couple questions that I did pose earlier, a couple weeks back when I thought episode 100 would shape up, but between getting sick and running errands and getting the state stuff all put together and just life generally getting in the way like I mentioned to you guys there is so there's so there's so much going on inside of my world of professional wrestling and outside of it so I do apologize for anybody waiting this long for episode 100 piecing it together this hour and a half plus has been an absolute pleasure in my book so thank you so much for listening I want to jump back to some tweets I put out for uh, for a lot of you guys to respond to earlier on uh, earlier this month. Well, earlier last month on uh, October 23rd, I, I believe, that edition of NXT. Preparing for episode 100 this week. Favorite matches on TakeOver events that I've personally attended. TakeOver Brooklyn 2015, TakeOver Brooklyn 1, TakeOver Brooklyn 2, TakeOver Brooklyn 3, TakeOver Brooklyn 4, TakeOver Brooklyn 5. Excuse me, NXT TakeOver New York, WrestleMania Weekend, aka, where you could probably pigeonhole as NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 5. TakeOver Philadelphia, and I was, I could not fit enough characters on a tweet for how many TakeOvers I've been to, and TakeOver 25. First mention from the Wrestling Life at TWL underscore podcast, mentioning one of my favorite matches that I've seen live 
Adam Cole, baby, versus Aleister Black in a street fight. You really couldn't find a more appropriate reference point in Philadelphia to have a no-holds-barred match than a takeover in Philadelphia. No-holds-barred, Black and Cole definitely tore the house down that evening, and I could still hear the echo in my head of when Aleister Black went for that moonsault and Adam Cole struck him in the midsection with that kendo stick. Nick Tulo, friend of not just this show, but also the Comedians of Wrestling podcast, be sure to check out his always riveting marking out conversation, says that Shinsuke's entrance at TakeOver Brooklyn 2 is all you really need to talk about. Absolutely was an epic moment. He was watching it and gave him goosebumps. And, uh, hell, I don't know how they didn't use this multiple, multiple times before, but Shinsuke's entrance at TakeOver Brooklyn 2 was a monumental moment in NXT's TakeOver history. Moving on to episode 100 prep continuation of favorite rivalry and match for the NXT Women's Championship and any qualifications for these favorite rivalry and title matchups. You could have a favorite rivalry storyline and the matchup participants do not necessarily need to be the same. So you could have really loved the build for, let's say, Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Samoa Joe. But your favorite NXT Championship match might be Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens in the ladder match for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. And that might be uh, that might be my personal favorite take. Uh, Royally Rumbled, mentioning you guys again. Referencing a very special TakeOver that's close to my heart. I wasn't in attendance, but it's what kicked off the launch of this podcast. NXT TakeOver Orlando. Asuka versus Ember Moon. Their rivalry was pitch perfect, and their matches delivered. Could not have said it better myself. Ember Moon versus the badass side of Asuka breaking through, doing whatever it would take to hold on to that NXT Women's Championship. Just when you think that Ember Moon would finally get her due, just coming up short due to the craftiness of Asuka. And that was the first mention of heel Asuka we would get, and definitely not something that we can look past, especially now with where the Kabuki Warriors are heading. Definitely a standout matchup, rooting for Asuka all the way through that rivalry. NXT TakeOver Orlando, thank you so much for referencing that one. It really is what kicked off the century ago's worth of episodes on this podcast. Uh, NXT Tag Team Championship rivalry and storyline match participants do not necessarily have to be the same. I really wish I got a little bit more response, but I guess that's that's on my fault. Got to do a little bit more of the professional promotion on this opinion. But Royally Rumbled, talking to me again, DIY versus The Revival, where DIY finally wins the NXT Tag Team Championships. And if there's one thing I can relate to a DIY versus Revival matchup, I started the show at TakeOver Orlando, but NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2, where DIY faced the revival for the Tag Team Championships, and watching Johnny Gargano having to tap out that evening, and just that feeling after this match took place, I knew in my heart of hearts that I needed to talk about NXT with more people, and the inspiration of this podcast was formed because of that matchup and because of that evening. So I can't thank you enough for those two brilliant references in this one. 
Let's talk NXT North American Championship, a rivalry that's still in its infancy, but definitely has given us some great matches. Personal favorite being Ricochet versus Adam Cole one-on-one, where Ricochet did win the title at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. And another common ground that Royal rumbled, and I have Ricochet versus Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne from NXT Television in late 2018, where Ricochet was successful in retaining the North American Championship. Great call on that one. Triple threat matches for that title have been great, and the common factor in those are Pete, is Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne versus Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong able to hold on and win that matchup. Definitely another standout triple threat match in the world of NXT's North American Championship. Uh, TakeOver 25, nobody nobody referenced TakeOver 25. I thought that was that was a little strange there. Uh, what else we got? NXT Championship matches. My personal favorites, it's it's so hard to decipher. I've, I've sat through live Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Almas, though. Of all the matches I've seen live at NXT TakeOvers, that might still be one of my absolute favorites. Johnny Gargano winning the NXT Championship finally at TakeOver New York, WrestleMania weekend, two out of three falls, always holds a special place in my heart. But the the suspense and the back and forth and the major what-if question circling around the Andrade versus Gargano matchup, just the feeling in that arena that Johnny might finally walk away and do it in January of 2018. The suspense was there. The story was there. The the legendary six star rating that uh that wants to be thrown around as far as uh as far as star matches are concerned. Gargano versus Cole, Gargano versus Champa, Gargano versus Andrade, Bobby Roode versus Drew McIntyre, when Drew McIntyre was trying to take away Bobby Roode's NXT, I thought was great. The latter match I just mentioned, as far as rivalry and uh, and match not being the same, Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens in a ladder match, TakeOver Brooklyn 1, absolutely incredible. The NXT Championship, and this is, uh, I'm going to make another reference that uh, that Mr. Nick Tullo has, has made through, through his wrestling conversations that I've been fortunate enough to hear. NXT makes every title feel important, and the NXT Championship feels like that great grand prize that every single person on that roster wants to strive for and deliver the quality of matches that make it feel that important. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening and giving your contribution to those polls. Uh, I'll be sure to do out more prediction polls as far as takeovers go. I'll be sure to reach out with more conversation across the board with social media and Twitter being the most prominent of those forms of social media. It's where a lot of my best conversation take place. It's where a lot of my outreach for wrestling podcast awards sponsored by the Wrestle Hub, hosted by the Rant. Really can't wait to see what other categories shine through. Remember, I'm up for best solo podcast of the year. And if going for an hour, 45 minutes plus on NXT hasn't built enough of a solid case for me, I'm Really not. I'm really wondering what you guys are asking for as far as solo conversation of professional wrestling goes. Please give me your votes. I'll be 
ever so grateful for this great opportunity. I've I've built this brand for 100 episodes. I have over 100 pieces of content on the SoundCloud and iTunes and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. But this is a monumental episode, the formally introduced as episode 100. Definitely covered a lot. My longest episode to date sitting here by myself, and I really could not ask for a better week and a better pro wrestling landscape to do so. NXT TakeOver War Games shaping up. We have the women going head-to-head. Team Rhea versus Team Shayna. Undisputed Era stepping in there for a historical third time against Team Champa, Riddle, Lee, and Champa with a fourth member still yet to be decided. Quick prediction on that one. I think Velveteen Dream, if healthy, if he can come back to fighting form and be as healthy as can be, I really want Velveteen Dream to fill out that fourth spot and that unique chemistry with the other members of Team Champa would definitely be must-see television. War Games, another matchup, the grudge match that can be my favorite matchup that hasn't taken place yet. Finn Bauer versus Johnny Gargano down the road at TakeOver. Can't not wait to see where the build leads that one. Next week, however, War Games implications for the women will be up in the air as Io Shirai takes on Mia Yim in a ladder match for the War Games advantage. Who will get their first member released from the cage and give themselves the handicap numbers game in the war in the war games matchup and we have angel garza versus leo rush in a cruiserweight championship matchup stacked card road to war games could not be any more packed and i cannot thank you guys enough for joining me on this ride thank you so much for supporting me a hundred episodes and counting i promise you the most quality work i can possibly deliver about the NXT brand. Be sure to follow the show at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. I'll mention the Facebook page because it exists, not because I'm particularly active on it. And thank you so much, no matter where you're listening, whether it be Apple Podcasts, which I hope you guys are rating five stars, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, my personal platform for listening to podcasts, Android apps, Sound cloud where i'll be posting all the links to the show and available on every single place you get your favorite podcasts i gotta double check if i'm on spotify i hope that's that is the case but uh i'm definitely going to double check that information before i confirm that the show can be listened to on sound on spotify but there's plenty of other platforms to do so i really hope you guys are enjoying this work and thank you so much for sticking with me with almost two hours worth of NXT discussion. Raw SmackDown will be covered moving forward in this build towards No One Will Survivor Series. I'm CD Danny Mac. You are Team NXT. This is the UFP show talking all about the NXT show. Have a great weekend wrestling fans. Here's to episode 100 and here's to at least 100 more.